Welcome to the CFITrainer.net podcast. We have a news roundup for you of interesting stories that crossed our feed recently. We've got items on the January 2022 17 Fatality Bronx apartment building fire, a shockingly simple idea to monitor personal chemical exposure at fire scenes, electrocuted birds as a fire cause, a solar umbrella recall, NASA's flame experiments in space, and new information to consider in vehicle fire investigations. Let's get going. Ford has expanded a May 2022 recall of Ford Expeditions and Lincoln Navigators for a problem with printed circuit boards in the battery junction box that make them vulnerable to an electrical short. The recall was initiated after several engine fires occurred. Some of the fires started when the ignition switch was off. More than 100,000 vehicles in the U.S. are affected. At the time of this podcast, Ford had received reports of 21 fires related to the PCB problem. In a second recall, some hybrid Ford Escapes, Lincoln Corsairs, and Ford Mavericks from the 2020 to 2022 model years could be susceptible to engine failure due to a crankshaft machining problem. An engine failure could release significant quantities of oil and fuel vapor that may contact hot vehicle parts starting an underhood fire. By the way, CFITrainer.net offers several free modules on motor vehicle basics, hybrid and electric vehicles, and vehicle fires, so check that out under available programs. Staying with recalls for a moment, Sun Villa Corporation has recalled more than 400,000 solar-powered patio umbrellas sold at Costco in the U.S. and Canada after six reports of fires related to the lithium-ion batteries overheating. Fires occurred while the solar panel battery pack was charging indoors and while the pack was attached to the umbrella. To learn more about these technologies, take a look at CFITrainer.net modules on lithium-ion battery fires and photovoltaic cells and systems. See this podcast page on CFI Trainer for links to all of the recalls. Another angle on lithium-ion battery fires at the request of the National Transportation Safety Board after its investigation of battery fires in Teslas, eight automakers have updated their electric vehicle battery emergency response guides with information for suppressing lithium-ion battery fires in specific vehicle models. Twelve more OEMs are in the process of updating their ERGs. During the Tesla investigation, the NTSB found existing emergency response guides to be inadequate. The NTSB also found safety standards and research on lithium-ion batteries involved in severe high-speed crashes to be inadequate. Fire investigators should be up-to-date on the latest ERGs, as the risk of lithium-ion battery fire after an electric or hybrid vehicle crash can remain long after the incident. There's more links to that on this podcast page. Now for some new research on personal safety. Duke University researchers found that a simple silicone wristband costing about a dollar can track exposures to cancer-causing chemicals at fire scenes. Silicone wristbands can absorb semi-volatile organic compounds, creating a sort of record of exposure. 20 Durham, North Carolina firefighters wore a different wristband for three situations. One for off-duty, one for on-duty with no fire response, and one for on-duty with a fire response. Researchers tested the wristbands for 134 chemicals linked to cancer. 71 of those chemicals were found on more than half of the wristbands, including phylates, PFAS, and PAHs. Responding to a fire event while on duty increased PAH and PFOS exposure. Several compounds were found in concentrations of up to 8.5 times higher on the wristbands worn on duty than the wristbands worn off duty. 
The research showed that silicone wristbands have the potential to quantify occupational exposure and determine when the exposure occurred, which can help pinpoint where it occurred. A link to the full study is on this podcast CFITrainer.net page. NASA recently completed the Advanced Combustion via Microgravity Experiments, or ACME, A-C-M-E, on the International Space Station. The experiments allowed researchers to show how non-premixed flames of gaseous fuel behave without gravity. This gives a clearer look at flame structure and behavior, which can inform how combustion systems are designed. The investigations made several important observations, including how material can burn in the absence of airflow, achieving non-premixed cool flames of gaseous fuels without enhancements, how electric fields may reduce emissions from non-premixed flames, quasi-steady non-premixed spherical flames, and data on flame growth and extinction. Okay, let's get back to Earth now and talk about electrocuted birds. A new study in Wildlife Society Bulletin found that burning bodies of birds electrocuted by electrical wires caused 44 wildfires in the contiguous U.S. from 2014 to 2018. Bird electrocution can occur if the bird completes a circuit by touching a grounded object and a wire or bridging two wires with different voltages. A typical scenario involves the bird touching uninsulated jumper wires from the main conductor to the transformer. According to James Dwyer, a wildlife biologist and co-author of the study, electrocution can cause water in the bird's cells to instantly turn to steam and explode the cells. The electrocuted bird or part of the bird blown off during the electrocution can catch fire and fall to the ground, igniting a wildfire. Preventative measures like barriers, insulating wires, and increasing distance between energized components can help mitigate the risk. Although electrocuted birds account for a comparatively small number of wildfires, they do present a hypothesis for testing where an area of origin is in proximity to overhead wires. Our last news item is a follow-up on the tragic Bronx high-rise fire apartment that killed 17 people on January 9, 2022. The New York Times has published the findings of an investigation done in collaboration with the Worcester Polytechnical Institute to determine what went wrong that led to so many deaths when the fire was confined to one apartment. Usually, a newspaper will consult experts for background information or for a few opinion quotes for an article. For this project, the Times posed questions about the fire and WPI fire protection engineers did scientific research and analysis to answer them. WPI conducted tests and created a smoke flow model to understand and explain how the chimney effect in the building's stairwells caused so many deaths. The Times interactive story shows the full path the smoke took from the moment the fire started, integrating 3D models, video, timeline data, tragic 911 calls, and first-person accounts to show the full scope of what happened. The Times and WPI investigation found that the building's compartmentation system failed catastrophically, at least three spring-loaded hinge and latch self-closing doors did not close correctly. The door to the apartment where the fire started and both doors to the central scissor stairwell. On upper floors, more stairwell doors also failed to close properly. These failures and the building design enabled the chimney effect to quickly channel smoke throughout the building. The narrow stairwells had little ventilation and no smoke extraction system. The building's confusing layout and the fact that some apartments were duplexes that spanned two floors but only had exits to a common hallway on one floor made it difficult for residents to escape in thick smoke. All the deaths were from smoke inhalation, most of them on the upper floors. 
far away from the third-floor apartment where the fire had started. The official report of the investigation is still pending. A link to the interactive story is on this podcast, CFITrainer.net page. CFITrainer.net is approaching its 100th episode. To celebrate, we want to hear from you. Send us your experiences and examples of how CFITrainer.net has positively impacted your practice of fire investigation or otherwise working fire scenes. We'd love to hear an example you have about something you learned on CFITrainer.net and how it helped you in an investigation. Or you can share with us how CFITrainer.net has aided you in your work in general. We may contact you for a quick chat that will appear on a future podcast episode. Please use the feedback form at the CFITrainer.net forward slash podcast to tell us about your experiences. This podcast and CFITrainer.net are made possible by funding from a fire prevention and safety grant from the Assistance to Firefighters Grant Program administered by FEMA and the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Support from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives and voluntary donations from CFITrainer.net users and podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us today on this podcast. Stay safe and hope you can stay cool. And we'll see you next month. For CFITrainer.net and the International Association of Arson Investigators, I'm Rod Ammon.